this is Sono. And I'm Amit. Welcome to Moonspeak, your source for bi-weekly Sailor Moon Crystal discussion and analysis. Remember to keep supporting the official releases of the show so we can get more by watching it every first and third Saturday on Hulu, Crunchyroll, Nikiniku, and other fine sites. Yes! Alright, uh, you're listening to episode 22, What is Love? This week we're discussing Sailor Moon Crystal, Act 24, Attack Black Lady. Uh, and that was not a command. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That depends very, on depends on which side you're on. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's very uncomfortable verbiage if you're speaking English, though. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Okay, so uh, this week we're again eschewing the meat and veggies and uh, frills and going in for a more topical discussion, partially because I lost notes, but that's okay. That's okay. We've we've still got some good stuff. We've got some yeah. some good things to talk about here. Yeah, and this is, uh, the basic premise is, is this. We're going to be discussing these few questions, hopefully, uh, giving answers to everything that I lay out here. So, this is, the, the topic will more or less be this. Uh, does love really conquer all? Can it? Is Takuchi going back to the well too directly and setting up a conflict between Usagi and someone she holds dear in order to save Mamoru and the world again? Uh, what does it mean for Usagi to realize that she loves Chibiusa so profoundly? Um, before we get into the uh, full-on analysis and, and me setting up the issue, um, do you want to just give a quick how you liked this anyway? Um, I was really into this episode, uh, maybe even more than all of the past episodes, not sure. Um, I did really enjoy this episode, a lot of things that happened in this episode. Uh, we got to see another side of Pluto, which is always fun for me because I adore her. Um, overall, I I enjoyed this episode, and I thought it was a good one, uh, aside from some weird animation moments. <laughs> Are you talking about Usagi's uh, wrists at some point and her hands? No, I was thinking more of when uh, Saphir got the beast hands and then Demond with both crystals. Oh, okay. Just kind of waving them around. Yeah, his arms were kind of funny. It was it was kind of weird to watch, but I, I mean, the episode as a whole, I thought was really good. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I think everybody all over the world should be forced to watch this. And uh, not saying it'll fix things necessarily, but I think it could help. So, uh, it was pretty pretty awesome. So, all right, so. Uh, we're going to set up the conflict, and then after that, we'll, we'll answer the questions about love, really. So, here we go. Um, so, we have a Dark Kingdom 2.0 situation going on here, which contributes to wondering if Takuchi's just repeating herself too much. Um, so, Death Phantom, uh, or Wise Man, is almost his own Metalia and Queen Barrel pairing, except for the fact that he is more the Metalia to Demand's Barrel. Um, but Demand is like Queen Barrel and uh, simultaneously one of the four uh, knights wrapped up in one, while Esmeralda, Rubius, and Saphir uh, correspond fairly well to the other knights. Um, and then Rubius has this whole thing where he has the uh, the Spectre Sisters, and so he's almost like a Queen Barrel um, to their set of knights, which is weird. But anyway, uh, the differences become more profound in trying to show how similar they are, and it becomes more accurate to state that they feel similar um, more than they actually are similar. 
Yeah, um, I mean, on a core level, you get a lot of the same things between Dark Kingdom and Black Moon. You've got this kind of overwhelming foreign evil power manipulating these strong figures who want to reshape the world into their beliefs and desires for their own reasons. And then you've got four warriors standing opposing that around this pillar of good that can set everything right. And in a way, that core carries repeatedly through Sailor Moon all the way from Dark Kingdom to Stars. But each iteration is a little bit different, and the point that it aims for isn't really the same. And I think that's why this kind of repetition is so successful within Sailor Moon. Dark Kingdom aimed at this romantic love between Usagi and Mamoru, you had Beryl kind of on this other side of her wanting Mamoru for herself romantically, uh, while also trying to take over this world that she didn't like. Black Moon is aiming more at familial love and self-worth, uh, where you it's kind of more focused on Shibusa and her feelings for her parents, and her feelings about herself and who she wants to be, and kind of reflecting that back on Usagi and her feelings for Mamoru. And you've got kind of, in that way, you've got each arc building upon the last arc, and the meanings that are presented in the previous arc give strength to the meanings being presented in the arc that you're in. Uh, those are good points to counteract the feeling of flatness that you can get at first glance, because, again, we're in a situation where it's the end of the world, and uh, it's Usagi and those closest to her at the epicenter of global annihilation and a conflict between someone she loves and her, uh, who's under control and and herself, or, you know, her and that person, is, like, stopping, like, a dead man's trigger or switch or whatever from setting the whole catastrophe off. Yeah, I mean, this time is Usagi is definitely more concerned about the world than I think she was in Dark Kingdom. Like, it was a thing she was worried about, but she was more like, we have to get Mamoru back. And, oh my god, I gotta save my friends. Whereas here, she's like, ah, the future is in some very serious danger if we do not do this. We need to take care of this right now. (laughs) And I, I think probably the experience with Dark Kingdom kind of helps her have more confidence here in Black Moon, because she's already... She knows she has power now. She knows what she can do. That's a good point. And then uh, one more, uh, I guess, attack against it or, or, or setting up of how it's repetitive is, uh, you know, there's definitely a circular nature to everything and a cycle to everything. And um, at the end of Dark Kingdom, uh, Usagi's attempting or attempted uh, slaying suicide. I, I, it's not murder. She, he was attacking her, so it's justifiable, I think. So anyway, so uh, it's attempted... a defensive, right? <laughs> suicide. Yeah, something like that. Um, like that set the stage for her to destroy Queen Mataya and restore the Earth. Uh, Mamoru and Usagi don't die like they had in Silver Millennium. Instead, uh, love saves them by blocking the mortal blows and allowing them to reunite. Once they are together, Mamoru is able to encourage Usagi. The Guardians give up their lives, and Usagi is able to destroy Metalia, as well as heal the Earth and resurrect her friends, all because of the great love of this small group of people and her fervent prayer. And again, I think there's you've got the same kind of baseline, but... 
a lot of the core emotions here are different. Whereas when Usagi did that in Dark Kingdom, she just she was just basically deciding this world I don't this isn't worth it. It's not worth if he has to die, I this isn't worth it for me. I'm out. Whereas Usagi willing, being willing to give everything up here in Black Moon, it's just, is more her trying to strike a bargain and, and defend in a way, because she, she outright says, if you'll stop everything, if you'll leave everyone alone and let the world be, you can have me and the crystal. I'm, I'm not important, I just want the world and everyone in it to be safe. And I think those are really two different mentalities, and, it shows a lot of the growth that Usagi's had. Yeah, and I, I think that um, really uh, brings out the, I guess the the, the question of love, love into focus because, um, like, it is a really powerful force and it shifts the focus, like you said, from just being Mamoru to you know. Uh, Chibiusa and then the whole world as, you know, the whole world together. So, um, you know, let's kind of discuss how love is applied differently or explored differently throughout the show. So, uh, you have some points to go over, right? Uh, yeah, the first of which being Usagi's imperfect love. Uh, in comparison to Dark Kingdom, we see a lot of flaws in Usagi's love for Mamoru here in Black Moon. Usagi gets jealous, she gets possessive. Um, Usagi and Mamoru in Dark Kingdom, and really within the future presented by Serenity and Endymion, seem to be this kind of ideal, perfect couple. But Usagi and Mamoru in the present have these kind of ups and downs and struggle through rough patches and misunderstandings and trying to find just happy moments together. And I've been pretty critical of her being jealous of Chibiusa because, again, this girl is a six-year-old and Usagi is an adult. Uh, the fact that they have these kind of personal, non-magical struggles present in their relationship adds a bit of realism to it. Uh, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And I think... Um just makes it so much more interesting. And I've heard that, like, in the 90s anime, uh, their romance was way rockier, but almost, um, like, in a way that didn't quite make sense and didn't add to the story that sometimes it was distracting. Yeah, it, there were a lot more ups and downs in it. I think sometime during Dark Kingdom, Mamoru may have dated Rei briefly. Uh... There was a lot of really weird things, and it was sometimes used to fill time not always in the best way. Uh, I think that Crystal's kind of boiled it down much more nicely, where Usagi and Mamoru kind of have come out of this honeymoon phase and are trying to make a real relationship work right now on top of this kind of weird, magical, end-of-the-world time travel thing that's going on. <laughs> okay, so aside from Usagi, where else do we see Love playing a big, active role in, this, in the show? Okay, well, I... Big point would be Chibiusa and Black Lady and the different kinds of love that Chibiusa experiences. Um, there are kind of three major sources of love in relation to Chibiusa. The love she has for her mother, which centers mostly around Chibiusa idolizing her, 
the love Chibiusa has for her father, which centers on her kind of taking personal comfort and feeling safe, and the love that she has for Pluto, which is kind of easily the closest personal relationship that we see her have. It's kind of the realest of all of her relationships. We see all of these affect Chibiusa in different ways uh, as Chibiusa, and we see a lot of what those relationships mean to her when she becomes Black Lady and her perceptions of who she is and what she wants become really twisted. Uh, she idolizes Serenity, and that love warps into wanting to prove herself and overpower her. And it's like, I think so highly of what you are that I don't feel that I need to be better than that so that you will acknowledge me. Um, the love she has for her father gives her this sense of security, so as she becomes Black Lady, she takes Mamoru as a symbol of strength, where he he always made her feel better about the shortcomings she felt in relation to her mother, and now she's taking him from her mother as a symbol of power. Uh, the missing piece there is now Pluto, who is just stepping into the fight at the end of this episode to join in. And in the episode preview, we see a lot of flashes of Pluto and Chibiusa together and hinting towards what they really mean to each other. Pluto has repeatedly been shown as Chibiusa's closest friend. And I think Diana also is clearly very close to Chibiusa, but seems to be around the same age and mentality where she wouldn't be able to impart kind of the same wisdom and comfort that Pluto would be able to. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, I'm ready to hear more. Uh, and the last one is really Pluto's love. The feelings Sailor Pluto has for the people around her are really, really fascinating, uh, specifically because she has so few relationships and such little social contact, uh, especially in parallel to Chibiusa. Pluto's feelings for Queen Serenity have this parallel to Chibiusa's for Neo Serenity. Both are very isolated, Pluto entirely, and Chibiusa just kind of on an emotional social level. Uh, and are, they're both given this responsibility from what we are basically shown to be the highest sort of godlike power, both look to that figure in absolute awe and are given these responsibilities by them as children. Pluto probably sees a lot of herself in Chibiusa and steps in to fill the role of mother where Neo Serenity kind of fails at it, both for Chibiusa's sake and for her own. Pluto took Queen Serenity's words to heart, but for Chibiusa's sake, we see Pluto break every single taboo that Queen Serenity had given her and that she'd spent thousands of years protecting. So Pluto, who's so deeply and fully devoted to her duty, casts all of those rules aside for Chibiusa. Now, do you want to get into what the implications might be of the... Maybe not the implications, but maybe what Takuchi was trying to say by showing that you know Chibiusa gives us um, much better, much closer relationship with Pluto than she does with her own mother? Um, I, I'm not very versed in Takeuchi's home life, but what it made me think of, kind of writing this out and really thinking about it, 
is uh, children of really kind of affluent families that are often raised more by sitters or nannies. Uh, I know that uh, Usagi's neighborhood, which is a, seems to be a very well-off neighborhood, is based on uh, Takeuchi's own like neighborhood where she grew up. I don't know anything about how she was raised, so I don't know if this kind of directly applies to her in any way, but it definitely feels like Chibiusa is very dif- distant from her parents, who are these kind of figures that have so many responsibilities of their own that they can't always really take the time for their child, which sounds horrible, but, I mean, it's a thing that happens. And Shibius is just much closer with this other person. Uh, Yeah, I think that's actually a really great insight, and um, it's nice to have more of a handle to put on the feelings I have about it, because it really is frustrating that um, you know, as great as a teen she is, and as good as she is to her friends, um, that when she becomes a mother, that, that kind of seems to, of course we don't get enough exposure and see everything that happens, but it kind of seems to fall away and she is a bit neglectful. And I'm just curious as to, well, I, of course, I wanted to know what you thought it was saying, and I'm, I'm curious to see if that's, uh, explored anymore, and I really hope it is, even if it's just something small. Yeah, and I mean, it it is disappointing for Usagi, but again, uh, I do think on some level Usagi, as uh, Neo Serenity, even after all of these years, isn't really that mature. She became queen at, what, 21? And had yeah, Shibiusa so. at the same time? Mm-hmm. where And then j- she just goes immediately into this and is kind of probably trying to figure it out as she goes... And she just doesn't quite always do everything right. I mean, I'm not trying to defend her neglecting her child because she shouldn't be. <laughs> right. But, I mean, like, I can see why it may have ended up that way. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, even people who are really trying uh, still make mistakes. I know from personal experience. So, anyway... Um, so, do you think there's any one kind of love that is presented as superior to the others? I don't think so, especially within this arc. I think in Dark Kingdom, there's a really heavy focus on romantic love, but this arc has... There's still a very hefty kind of focus on that, and the love between Usagi and Mamoru, and the power that's that their love has... But there's also a lot of weight put on Usagi's feelings for her friends. Uh, that's really what gave her the strength when she was on Nemesis to get up and keep moving, is she needed to find them, and she needed to help them. And Shibiusa's need for the love of her parents and the love of her... and her need for friends and her need to have people outside of her family. And... Really, Usagi's love for Chibiusa as a mother and her kind of coming to discover that and how much it means to her. There's a lot of love to go around and a lot of different forms and there's different power that all of it has. And I think Black Moon is really opening itself up to that. Um, okay, so I didn't put any notes about this and I'll present the question and answer it partially and then you can continue. But, you know, are we missing anything about love and its power shown in this arc? 
um, or in Crystal up to this point. And I, I would just like to point out that um, I forgot to say something about um, Demon and Sapphire, and uh, we touched on it lightly when we spoke about it. I think it was last uh, last time, last episode. But like Sapphire and Demon, like they really do love each other, and like it definitely seems that when Demon has to like kill Sephir when he's attacking him when he's under Wiseman's control that like he really regrets that and as much as he lost sight of himself like that was still a difficult thing for him to like accept doing even though he did it like with such conviction and in the moment to preserve his own life yeah like he he knew there was definitely no other choice there was no getting through to Sephir but it definitely you can see that it hurts him to do it and si- sibling love is really a thing we don't touch on very often uh, in Sailor Moon. I can't really think of... I mean, Usagi on Earth has her younger brother, and I know in the first series there's more time devoted to her Earth family, to the Tsukino family. But there's really not a whole lot of that uh Within Sailor Moon itself, I guess maybe until you get to stars. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, uh, I think you have a lot to say about a favorite line in the episode, so do you want to go ahead and do that? Uh, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, I, wa- I warned everyone that this was a scene I was going to talk about. Um, my favorite line in the episode is more of a series of lines. I was going to bring it down to just the last line, but then I go on to talk about it a lot, so I thought I should just put in the whole thing. Uh, this is Diana to Sailor Pluto, uh, her saying, I'll stay here as the guardian. I don't have power like you, and I'm so tiny, but leave it to me. Please save our precious small lady. Go through the door, Pluto. The time for you to step through that door is now. And this whole scene between Diana and Pluto was my absolute favorite thing in the episode. Because Pluto has existed entirely as this strong, unwavering figure devoted to her cause, to the point where she almost killed Usagi, Mamoru, and Venus. This uh, is true. <laughs> if you'll all flash back to that. Yeah. And she's had this soft spot for Chibiusa, but she's had absolutely no doubts in herself or her mission or what she has to do. She's got to guard that door. But Pluto can sense things, and she can feel that Usagi is losing and something is wrong with Small Lady. And she has this feeling of absolute helplessness as she has to decide between her duty that she alone is burdened with and protecting the people that she loves most. The only thing in this world she has. And it's this very, very bare-bones reflection of Usagi, in a way, where Usagi is burdened with being the heir to the moon, this absolute good and wielder of the silver crystal, which is an absolute power. And she's put at odds now between choosing between that duty and her own feelings, uh, just as Pluto is at this one moment. And then Diana just walks in and tells Pluto, it's okay to be a little selfish. It's fine to fight specifically for the things that you want instead of just fighting because it's your duty and you're supposed to. It's fine to bend and break your own rules if it's to help the people you love. I mean, within reason in the real world, but within the context here, it's fine. And Diana, who's so small and young and innocent, is willing to take on Pluto's burdens that have always been this really harsh thing to Pluto as her own way of helping the people she loves because Diana can't fight. 
but she can sit there and stand guard for Pluto to do what she can to bring other people comfort so they are able to fight. And I just thought it was this really touching scene all around between easily my two favorite characters in the show. <laughs> yeah, it was really sweet. And the way you, you frame it, like what Diane is doing, she's kind of uh, pulling an Usagi, you know, or maybe... Very much. Be, and it, to some extent, it'd be good to say a Mamoru, um, by just offering that you know, that support and saying it'll be okay and you can do this. Um, so that's pretty cool. That's yeah. a nice, that's a really nice recurring thing in Crystal or Sailor Moon. Yeah, and I mean, we, we do get to see really how much it means to Pluto when we see this flashback to her and Serenity when Pluto was just this little tiny thing. She's She's been doing this I since she was Chibiusa's age or Chibiusa's relative age. She was a little girl when she was put behind that door all alone, and it's all she knows. And she's told she's the only one that can ever, ever do this. No, she doesn't have anyone to rotate out with. No one that, no one to come and talk to her until Chibiusa. Which is a long time, given the fact that we, we don't know how far back in the Silver Millennium this is, but it's pretty far. And then all the way up to present in the in Neo in Crystal Tokyo. I'm sorry, I'm getting my words confused. Well, there are a lot of them. <laughs> Neo this, Neo that, Crystal this, Crystal that. Right? Yeah, but so Pluto has been alone behind that door a long time, and then suddenly someone's like, "Hey, I've got this for you," and like you can just see how much that meant to her. Yeah, it was definitely well, uh, well animated and well played, and uh, it's pretty exciting. Cause I was thinking, like, man, how are they going to get Pluto out and doing stuff? But apparently, this is how the little kitten comes along and gives her a hand. There, there is no truer good in this world than that scene between Pluto and Diana. <laughs> That's absolute purity right there. I really love, and unfortunately, I'm not quoting from it, but. Uh, I wish I had it, just I ran out of time to, like, source it and everything. Um, I love Usagi going on and crying and saying, just, like, just give me Chibi Usa back and I'll, I'll let you have anything you want. Of course, as long as the world's safe, too, but just so cool. Um, what I did pick, though, is uh, there were a lot of good lines, like, uh, Black Lady taunting Usagi, like, will this planet crumble first or will you, and stuff like that. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Just, like, like you said, challenging that greatness that she once believed in. And that she now wants to overcome. Um, but I think, uh, Wise Man is like, he's already merged with the planet, which like, that's awesome that the bad guy is a planet. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so freaking nuts. Um, and I love it. Uh, and I gotta say, Takuchi did a really good job setting up his eyes and the glowiness as uh, yeah. the shorthand for him and then doing it in the planet. Like, that was brilliant. So, good on her for that. Um, but, uh, oh yeah, so Wiseman, like, his, even though he's a planet, like, his ghost, or, not ghost hands, what are they called, beast hands? Yeah, his, his, beast, his beast hands. Yeah, they appear around, you know, Mamori and Chibusaga, who are both evil, or, you know, mind-controlled and against her and, like, trying to kill her, and, um, or at least letting it happen, and, uh, you know, he says, like, if you don't give me the legendary silver crystal in the crystal palace, um, I'll crush them or I'll destroy them or whatever, and she's like... 
uh, what did she say? Oh, she says, uh, you think I'll hand them to you? I'll defend them. And then she just keeps on trying, and uh, it's pretty tough, but it's good stuff. Yeah, no, when, when Usagi... When Usagi's done, Usagi is done, and she will wreck everyone. <laughs> she she loves purely and absolutely, and you don't mess with what she loves. Yeah, it's super cool. <laughs> One of my favorite things. Um, all right. Oh, we talked about Planet Nemesis already and Wise Man Merging. Uh, I'm just excited, and like I said, I thought this was a... like. This is my favorite episode so far, I think. Yeah. Very very awesome. likely this is my favorite too and we're we're coming to the end. I think we have two more episodes. Oh yeah. Man, of Black crazy. Moon. Uh And then I don't know I don't know if we have a date for uh the next arc yet. I know it's, I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed. I've seen some things on that. I feel like someone said there might be a couple of weeks gap. Uh, hopefully by the time we get to the last episode, we'll have a confirmed date and can see what we may need to do to fill time if necessary. Uh, we've got three, three movies from the old series, a couple specials from the old series that we can probably hit if we need to. I think one of the movies may end up again I spoke about the the chapter numbers uh the chapter how the chapter lengths are matching up and we may get one of those movies remade into an episode for Crystal. I have absolutely no nothing to back that but that's just me taking guesses based on chapter amounts. Uh so that that might be interesting if we uh were able to compare the S movie and that episode if that were to happen. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Um, okay, well, we're done then for this week. Uh, sorry the episode's coming out late, but uh, stuff happened, so you'll have to forgive me. Totally my fault. No, not not too big a deal. We're <laughs> we're on top of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, um, thanks, Sona, for, uh, for joining me and for helping contribute so much to the notes. It wouldn't have been the same episode without you. <laughs> ah, no, no problem. Okay, well, uh, goodbye everybody, and we'll uh, talk to you next time. Yeah, see y'all next time.